and welcome to season eight of Crypto Sapiens. I'm your host, Rachel, for today, and I am joined by an incredible guest, Jonathan Hillis from Cabin, and I'm super excited to meet with him today. I have heard so many good things about Cabin. I've run into the team at MCON too, and I've been super impressed with the energy, good vibes, and just a really positive team that shows up and is really passionate about building community. So yeah, I will go ahead and pass the mic off to John. Uh, I'd love to hear who you are, what got you started in Web3, and I always like to start off with what is your why? What gets you up out of bed in the morning? Wow, thank you so much for that very kind introduction, yeah. Rachel. Um, yeah, happy to dive into some of that. Uh, so my my name is Jonathan Hillis, and um, you know there there's lots of pieces of my life that um, have been threading together in the last few years into Cabin. But um, you know what what got me particularly on the crypto journey. Um, was first in college. My my college roommate uh, introduced me to Bitcoin. Um, he showed me Silk Road, um, and that was you know sort of my my first um, view into crypto. And from there, I was sort of a casual observer and participant. Um, you know, bought a little bit of Bitcoin and then Ethereum when it came out. But um, it was you know more of an interest that I was keeping an eye on. Um, than something that you know was was like my uh, primary focus, um, but at the same time, while I was in college, you know, I, I uh, discovered the joy of living within a dense residential community at a small liberal arts school, um, and I also studied. Uh, collective action problems um, and complex adaptive systems. I was a political science and environmental studies major, and uh, for my thesis, I, I um, you know did this experiment to try to find small group strategies for coordinating to overcome collective action problems, which um, you know I didn't realize at the time, but was essentially research on on what we now might call DAOs. Um, and you know, after that, uh, graduated, and that that friend, that roommate, and I um, ended up co-founding a startup that was essentially like an early equivalent of a token-gated community in 2014, before there were really um, token-gated communities. Uh, but it was this idea to have this like small subscription community on a sort of bonding curve. Um, and absolutely nobody wanted that in 2014. Everybody was was still on Facebook at the time. Um, so we pretty quickly, uh, after about a year, we, we shut that down and um, I decided I needed to get some real startup experience. I spent six years at Instacart, ultimately as uh, the director of product for Shoppers and Marketplace. And then I got um, a little bit burned out on Web2 and uh, decided to take some time off. Originally, my plan was to go um, build a cabin in the woods and write some science fiction about uh, this idea I was thinking about and that at the time I was, uh, was calling decentralized cities. Um, and, you know, started doing that, ended up um, getting together a, a group of people. We called ourselves the Creator Co-op. Um, and that's the group that, you know, came out once I'd finished building the cabin and, um, and helped start what uh, is now Cabin the DAO. Wow. So it, it sounds like through your journey, really getting started, um, there are a lot of parallels. I also feel like I got burnt out, you know, working in the world of Web 2. But it really sounds like you were doing, you were kind of emulating the um, the organizational structure of a DAO before it was even a thing. Uh, so that's really cool. Like you were you were doing it before it was a thing. That's awesome, man. 
you know, one, one of my advisors in college um, is a guy named Toon Mient, who had studied under Eleanor Ostrom um, at Indiana University. And um, I think she did some of the kind of foundational work within the field of political science on um, some of these questions around how small groups can overcome collective action problems. And I was just, you know, kind of disappointed by a lot of the um, like mainstream political philosophy um, that was, you know, being studied um, in universities because it all was, was sort of designed to apply at the scale of nation states. Um, and it, it seemed pretty clear that like the more interesting problems to try to solve were were collective action problems starting at small scales and with more experimental methods. So um, yeah, I, 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 it's all kind of a happy coincidence that that these pieces wove together. Um, but you know, I think that in terms of my whys, what what I'm excited about and, and passionate about, um, they they tie back to to some of those things I was talking about. One of them is bringing together groups of people, um, you know, in, in living communities with, with similar values. Um, another one is um, trying to design systems that allow people to coordinate more effectively. Um, and, um, you know, a, a third one is um, the ways that by, by doing those two things, we can start to create better environments for people and uh, improve the natural environment at the same time. Man, you're you're speaking my language. I love love the regen vibes, man. Um, yeah. I, I am really a huge supporter of doing things that are good for the individual and good for the planet, right? Because it's it's symbiotic. Those two things are connected. So yeah, I, I have seen you really involved in in different communities and events, and definitely uh, you know leaning towards regen vibes and and the whole regen movement. Um, so this wasn't a question I had prepared today, but in what ways does Cabin help with, you know, sustainability and, and doing good things for the planet and for people? Yeah, so um, we've been working on developing what we call our guiding principles and obvious truths. Um, and we, we shared some of these uh, in our vision document. We've, we've shared some in other formats before, but these are really emergent principles of our community. Um, and we've been working on updating a draft of them. So um, yeah, I can, can share those uh, here and, and now. Um, so there are three guiding principles that we think about at Cabin. One is live in community. The second is integrate with nature. And the third is create together. And then e each of those guiding principles has a couple obvious truths associated with it. Things that um, you know we believe are obvious and lead us to want to live in accordance with them uh, and, and are generally accepted as obvious, but aren't necessarily things that most people are putting into practice in their lives. So you asked specifically um, about you know, nature. And so I'll talk a little bit about the, the obvious truths behind our guiding principle, integrate with nature. Um, there are two of them. One is touching grass is good for our well-being. And the other one is regenerative local communities are the best store of value. And so the way we put those things into practice at Cabin um, is that we are building a uh, global network of beautiful properties in nature for remote workers seeking meaningful connections, places where people can co-live with friends in nature. And by doing that, we accomplish a couple things. First of all, we give ourselves the ability to unplug from the internet, from our phones, from our remote work, and step outside 
Um, and we believe that, you know, spending time in nature, touching grass is crucial for mental, emotional and spiritual well-being. Um, and there's great scientific evidence to support that. But I think most people know inherently that that's true. Yeah. I mean, doesn't the, the soil have like antidepressant properties, too? Yeah, I mean, just looking at nature is enough for me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's, I mean, many layers to it, I think, um, in terms of, of, you know, how it, it benefits people. Um, I think the, the, you know, second principle here is that regenerative local communities are the best store of value. And what we mean by that is that um, you know, regenerative systems are systems that sustainably grow capacity and resilience. Um, and so natural ecosystems do this automatically. They have feedback loops to improve soil, water, nutrient recycling, biodiversity, et cetera. Um, humans can practice these things as well. And what we're trying to do at Cabin is create lived environments where we as a community can practice these building these regenerative systems. So our neighborhoods aim to build housing, grow food, produce energy, regenerate natural resources, develop relationships, make meaning together. And by growing these types of systems from the ground up, we believe we can um, create better homes for people using less resources in you know less time. And we can do this with this emerging tech stack um, of regenerative practices, off-grid renewable energy, satellite internet, rural, rural uh, land costs regulation, um, you know, that, that basically open up this new way of living that allows remote workers to um, live more in accordance with the natural world. Wow, man, uh, just ha hats off to you. Like, I, I just love it. The mission sounds just so aligned with the regen movement, like building something that has resource capacity to grow over time. Um, I really love that. Um, one thing you mentioned about touching grass, I, I'm not sure if you've encountered like the tree gen project. Um, yeah. I recently had, oh my God, man. So I had the pleasure of meeting, and by the way, shout out to Jimmy if Jimmy ever listens to this, but um, I had the pleasure of meeting Jimmy from Tree Gens. And he has this whole thing on Twitter. If you look at hashtag touch tree, he will like host these Twitter spaces and just have people go out and touch a tree, take a picture with it and put it on Twitter. So if you haven't seen that, um, yeah, maybe there's some alignment for collaboration. And uh, Jimmy just won uh, the Guinness World Record for planting the most trees in 24 hours as, as a single oh, wow. person. <laughs> so That's yeah, awesome. I, I, definitely a connection I'd love to make there. Yeah, cool. You know, there's a funny, cool related thing that I've seen pop up in a couple places recently, which is people building these little like sensors that let you you can like hold them up to plants and trees and stuff and like listen and they you can basically I've like listen that. to it. That's awesome. Well, we can <laughs> we can get into so many rabbit holes there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it sounds like I, I really, really appreciate the principles and how well thought out this is. Um, I am also a founder. I started my own company and, you know, I studied holistic wellness and I studied like what is in our food supply, right? Pesticides, herbicides, the effect this has on people and holistic wellness. So in studying this, I started to work with clients. I had an organic juice business and I would work with them and say, okay, how do you want to improve your life mentally, physically, and emotionally, right? 
And I, I felt like this was broken if it was just focused on the individual and not giving back to our planet. So what I tried to do in, in designing this uh, business model was help the individual get healthy, give back to nonprofits, every quarter cycle to a different nonprofit, helping with like a different element. It was in the style of elements and alchemy. Um, so help give back in a different way. So I feel like cabin is really aligned with those ethos and just really like at, at my core, my values, because you know, I feel like if we want to make it, you know, as human race, we start, we have to start doing good things for our planet and, and being more mindful of sustainability for sure. So I love that Cabin Dow is doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I completely agree. And, and I think that it's been really cool to see various parts of the regen movement and the solar punk movement starting to blossom with a, a more optimistic vision of the future based around some of these ideas. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to hear your take on like what projects you really like, what events. I know you guys were really, um, you were really active at MCON too. I, I saw you had like a, a kind of like a booth slash table thing with a bunch of cool stickers. In fact, I actually have the Cabin Dow sticker on the back of my laptop because oh, I, nice. I just love the vibes. That was a really fun event. Um, yeah, we, we did a we did a project we called The Room, uh, where we, we took over one of the rooms at, at MCON 2 and um, ran coherence and connection sessions to try to um, do some weaving of, of people um, within intentional containers, which is something we practice a lot, um, you know, in our co-living environments and at cabin weeks. And so we wanted to bring a little taste of that to MCON. But yeah, it was definitely um, a really fun event with, with just great people and energy. That, that is so cool. And it is now on my bucket list to go to one of these locations and just connect with cabin folks. Like it just sounds like such an amazing experience. That's um, great. We'd love to have you out. So I, I haven't asked this yet, but I'm curious about the community organization piece. So you've mentioned cabin is a DAO, right? So why was this choice made to structure it as a DAO and how has this benefited the community? Yeah, so let's return um, maybe to the the story I was sharing. You know, a bit about my personal story, and and now I'll pick it back up with the um, the formation of the DAO and you know why we started it in the first place. So um, as I mentioned, I um, was you know working with a group called the Creator Co-op. We were a bunch of independent online creators um, who met online during the pandemic um, in 2020, and then. As the world was starting to reopen in 2021, um, I invited that group to come out to this cabin I just finished building in the Texas Hill Country. And late one night, sitting around a campfire, uh, just outside of the window here that, that I'm uh, sitting in front of, um, we dreamed up this residency program for um, creators and um, remote workers, independent online um, people that, you know, was going to be governed by our community. And this was right at the, um, kind of start of the ramp up of, um, of DAOs in 2021, um, in that, that bull market, of course, there had been prior examples of, of, you know, the DAO and, um, and other DAOs popping up before that, but there's a big wave, um, that kicked off in the 2021 bull market. And, um, you know, we were a part of that cohort, um, and that all the tools were just starting to come together to, to do, um, you know, multi-sigs and snapshots and, and these sort of things uh, effectively. And so that week we 
launched a donation-based crowdfund where um, people on the internet could sponsor creator residencies at the cabins. And this incredible group of 101 people chipped in donations. And um, the deal was they, they got to donate uh, to these residency programs and in exchange they got a token so they could vote on which creators got to come out for residencies. Um, and so that was it. It was a very simple governance mechanism. And, you know, at the time, we actually weren't even thinking of it necessarily as a DAO. We were just thinking of it as like this, um, you know, create a residency program that we wanted to let the community vote on um, based on on who had supported it. Um, and so we, we started running these residencies and, you know, only months into it, did we start to realize as more people showed up in the Discord and wanted to engage that, oh, this wasn't just going to be a residency program, this was actually a DAO. Um, and at that point, we, you know, sort of formalized the, the operations. Well, so it sounds like you actually put it into action and it's something that just stuck because it ended up working for your community. That's right. Right. Yeah, That's it, wasn't, really cool. it wasn't like a... Um, you know, like some abstract, like, let's go launch a DAO thing. Um, it was like, we want to do this residency program for creators. How can we use these new tools to support that? And, um, you know, to, to build a community of people that are interested in engaging and, and voting on, you know, residencies. Um, and that that's what stuck, like you said, and and that's what um, you know really got us off to the races as a community and and um, as a DAO. Well, I, I really like your your thought process and how how that was rolled out because I feel like a lot of projects try to force being a DAO, and I don't think everything needs to be a DAO. But if that works for your community and you see success with that model, go for it. Yeah, I think it's also just like the word DAO has become pretty meaningless. Um, I, I don't like we don't use it, um, you know, as much to talk about cabin um, just because it, it doesn't uh, it, it means so many different things to different people and people get into such like, um, mm -hmm. you know, definitional debates that um, yeah. I just don't think it's a useful term anymore. So I, I like that you said the term cooperative, and we also use that at Opolis as well. So I like that. It's like it's like a co-op. Yeah, I think, and, and I think there. Well, I think there are lots of different models here, right? Like co-ops are an interesting model. Um, Cabin is actually structured as an unincorporated nonprofit association. Um, you know, I think there are um, models that work well in the context of protocols. Mod models that work well in the context of social organizations. Um, and I, I just think trying to lump all of these things into into a single um, category is kind of crazy because they often have very different purposes and intents and structures. Absolutely. Um, something I heard recently, um, I don't know if you know OX Justice uh, from the Polygon core team. He's doing DAO operations over there. Uh, he said he went to some Congress event and was trying to talk about DAOs without talking about DAOs. So, uh, he went, I, I think he was going to DC and was like, okay, I want to talk about this thing without using the term DAO, which has all this connotation that comes with it. Um, so I've been trying to challenge myself, like to talk about DAOs without saying DAOs, like a decentralized cooperative, you know, um, a group working towards a collective goal, right? Making decisions autonomously. Yeah, makes sense. I, I think, um, you know, another part of my interest in all of this goes back to 
having spent a lot of my middle school and high school years on um, you know various online communities, early iterations of things like Dig and Reddit, um, and you know I, the I, the term I actually like uh, right now is is just internet native organization because I, like I, that. I think it speaks to the fact that um, you know basically what we're do- we're not like reinventing organizations were taking an organizational model and adding a new set of on-chain tools and it's I, I think it's you know much more akin to like being able to coordinate um, uh, an online forum with um, you know transparent on-chain financial um, and reputational systems than it is some you know like uh, totally different type of organizational structure. It's, it's like an evolution of these things that we've had in the past with a really helpful new set of tools. Absolutely, I, I really like that. Yeah, wow, that, that's really awesome, man. Um, okay, so the next question I have for you, I wanted to ask what have been some of the milestones or uh, accomplishments that you've seen as a project? And like, what are you the most proud of uh, that Cabin has accomplished so far? Yeah, so we've been uh, around for a little over two years now. And, you know, if we just track that that two years, a lot has happened and changed. Um, but the kind of big milestones, I think, you know, the first one was the initial um, residency program crowdfund where the 101 people contributed donations. That was a huge milestone for us and resulted in um, some really amazing residencies and the the formation of the organization. Um, The kind of next big milestone after that, I think came, um, you know, basically in the um, first half of 2021, where uh, we started running all kinds of um, retreats and residency programs for DAO operators, um, DAO groups that wanted to come out, and then um, ultimately uh, culminated in in our first DAO camp, which was um, a, a, a basically summer camp experience where we brought together a bunch of DAO leaders um, and had an incredible time, which you know resulted in a lot of of um, like new ecosystem projects launching out of it. Um, one that you know is particularly cool, I think, is that's where um, Hats Protocol, which I think is like at the forefront of how um, we should be thinking about the next iteration of DAO infrastructure. That you know idea um, sort of uh, uh, got fully baked uh, and and you know was was bounced around a lot at that first DAO camp. Um, the funny part about that, of course, uh, is that that May of 21 when we did that was also when uh, Celsius and and you know the the like markets started imploding, and so we were off having this like amazing time at at you know Dow summer camp, um, and then we got back that weekend and realized that like the markets had imploded. Um, and so we had to completely, you know, pivot. There were no more uh, people really that that interested in um, in bringing their DAOs out for residency programs at the cabins because, um, you know, the the whole um, ecosystem was was just like cratering. Um, so our next big milestone after that was was probably uh, around late twenty one, um, you know, which was. 
that MCON2 experience where we, we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, you know, after that, uh, I think the, the you know, next big milestone was um, just about two months ago when we officially launched the Network City. Um, so uh, Cabin has been building this Network City for the, the past two years and right around our two year anniversary, um, we finally launched with our first 22 global properties um, that are a part of the network and, and opened up the network to Cabin citizens. And um, that will be, you know, our, our primary focus now is helping get people out to cabin neighborhoods to uh, experience co-living, um, to attend cabin weeks, um, and to become citizens. Yeah, so that that's the long-term vision for cabin um, is to build a network city. And a network city is essentially um, a decentralized network of properties, um, which are in different places around the world, but have a shared culture, economy, and governance structure. And so um, our current network city contains 22 properties around the world, and um, our citizens can access those properties. Um, and over you know the, the coming years, we hope to grow to many more places and, and many more citizens as we build out this network city. Wow, that's amazing. So it's kind of like this dispersed network city with these 22 properties. And are, are they international or are they only in the US? Yeah, international. Um, they are all over the world. Wow, do you have a favorite property? Is it the first one? Yeah, it is. So that's where I am right now. That's uh, oh, my so primary residence is is here at Neighborhood Zero, um, which is the place out in the Texas Hill Country where uh, it all got started. And um, over the past two years, we've been building this neighborhood from the ground up as a community. Um, we now have um, you know a full co-living community with multiple cabins, um, hangout spaces, bathhouse, sauna, um, you know, campfire area. So just last week, uh, uh, the current residents completed a new dance platform out in the woods uh, for us to have dance nice. parties on. Um, and uh, everything, you know, that we've been building over the last two years has been built, designed and built by members of the community who have come out here to stay at Neighborhood Zero. Wow, that's, that's very cool. And, and when did this first start? When did you found Cabin? Um, so that uh, happened in May of 2021. So that was the when I was describing the creator co-op coming together out here with the campfire. That was all in May of 2021. So you have come that far in, in just two years. You've accumulated 22 properties and are creating this uh, network city. In, in two years, you've accomplished that. That's insane, man. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. And just to clarify, we're the, you know, the network of neighborhoods um, is structured, um, you know, it, it, the the DAO is structured as um, independent, uh, you know, operating properties, and so each of those those properties is still, um, you know, independently, autonomously operated um, as part of the network. Um, so those are not like uh, owned or managed by the DAO. Got it. So. Do you have individuals that are like long-term residents or is it mostly people cycling in and out? Yeah, so um, our primary uh, residents are basically remote workers, digital nomads who are looking for 
flexible living arrangements in community. And so what that typically means is that people will come to stay at a neighborhood for, um, you know, anywhere from a month to, um, you know, many months or, or hopefully uh, years. And, um, you know, what, what we intend to do over time is to build out a combination of increasingly permanent housing centered around uh, families as, as well as more flexible options for, um, you know, people who, who want to bounce around the network and stay in different places. Wow. Well, it, it sounds like what you've created really has um, just immense product market fit. Like I, I know a lot of people in Web3 that just travel from either hackathon to hackathon or conference to conference and really need that flexibility with living arrangements. I felt like that myself at times, you know, <laughs> like I'm going every month to a different conference, going to a different event. Um, and that's just that's such an amazing thing you've built. And, and people need that in the industry, you know, and that's that's really cool that they can come together, work independently, travel and do what they love um, and have a place, have a cabin that they can call home. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And that that is, I think, really important. You know, we're, we're not um, just trying to build like places where you rent out a house for a short term stay and, um, you know, you you come and you go. Um, we're trying to build out places that people can call home, places where people can leave their mark, where they can be a part of a community, um, where they can, um, you know, travel around and any any neighborhood they show up at is going to feel like home. Wow. Well, I, I definitely am I'm optimistic of the future of Cabindow and I feel like just the vibe of the team, I can, I can feel the passion um, and I, I can't wait to go to a cabin someday. It's definitely on my bucket list. So for the future, let's talk about what's on the roadmap for Cabindow. Are there any upcoming events or upcoming initiatives that you're excited about that you'd like to share with our audience today? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the first thing to be aware of is that we are launching a new program called Cabin Weeks. And this is an evolution of um, our build weeks and grow weeks that, that we've been running before. Um, and a Cabin Week is an opportunity to experience a warm welcome to cabin um, and uh, come have an enriching one to two week stay at a cabin neighborhood, connect with like-minded individuals, get a taste of co-living, uh, break bread with friends, and um, you know learn a little bit more about what it's like to uh, be a cabin citizen and then at the end of the week um, become a cabin citizen. And so um, if you're interested in getting involved, the best way to do that um, is to go to cabin.city um, and click on the join a bill, uh, join a cabin week button and, and apply um, and come out and, and, you know, get a taste of what, what living with cabin is like. Um, and we're running four of those experiences this fall. Um, they are going to be at uh, here at Neighborhood Zero, at Mana um, in Puerto Rico, um, Elk and Mist in Washington, and Traditional Dream Factory in Portugal. So we've got um, some options all over the place. And uh, if you want to get involved, that that's a great way to do it. If you're not quite ready to, you know, take the the leap into an IRL experience with us, then you can um, hop into our Discord or hop on a one-on-one -on -one call with a member of the team and um, make your your profile on our census and uh, get involved with the community. This is 
so amazing. Just really, really beautiful initiative. Um, I am so excited to do this someday. But in the meantime, I myself would like to join the Discord and, and get connected with the team and, and just hang with you guys more online, at least, if I can't make it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so that's kind of our, you know, short-term uh, immediate roadmap. We um, believe in long-term thinking at Cabin, and so uh, we also have a five, fifty, and five hundred-year uh, roadmap. Um, and wow. so you can you can check those out on our our vision document. Um, but the you know short version of it is that over the next five years, we are planning to collectively curate and grow to our first 5,040 citizens, um, which is the number that Aristotle thought made for an ideal self-governing polis. Um, and then from there, over the next 50 years, we are planning to co-create a network city with over a million people concurrently living together in permanent intergenerational communities. Um, and, you know, 500 years is, is a long time, uh, and we certainly don't know exactly what the world is going to look like, but we are serious about the idea of building a city, and building a city requires thinking on those types of time horizons. And so um, we have done a lot of historical research to try to understand how cities have grown in the past and um, how they might grow in the future. And we, we take a lot of inspiration from an incredible diversity of governance structures and social contracts that have existed across history. Um, you know, uh, that includes um, past cities and past societies like Katohoyuk, um, Nebolivka, um, Uruk, um, Teotihuacan, uh, the Haudenosaunee, um, and you know many other types of organizations that we we think uh, can give us a sense of how we can return to a new old way of living uh, and a new old way of living. I love that. Yeah, a yeah. Solar because, punk future. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. How can we how can we live in ways that people have actually been living for a very long time, but using the new tools and technologies that we now have available to do it even better. Man, I, I love that. You're just, you're speaking my language. I love the mission. I love the philosophy. I, I love that you guys have done so much research and put so much thought and time into this. And you are really planning into the future. You got a five, 10 year, 100 year, 500 year roadmap. And it sounds like your team is putting in the work necessary to build something that's sustainable and growing over time. And hey, and if two year, in two years you can get to 22 properties, I am really optimistic of the future of Cabin. Um, I, I really think you guys will just continue to grow and, and do good things. Um, so going back to what's on the roadmap for Cabin Dow, I know you did the event activation at MCON too. Are there any upcoming event activations or conferences you're going to or anything like that? Yeah, so we'll actually be um, uh, at FWB Fest, which is coming up very soon. We're going to be doing some similar types of um coherence and connection activities that we did at MCON2. So if you're going to be at FWB Fest, come hang out with us there. Um, and if you're, you're not going to be there, then definitely go check out these upcoming cabin weeks.
Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with FWB Fest, but I am going to ETH Toronto in a couple weeks. And then I'm, I'm getting asked to go to permission list by a bunch of my friends. So I'm thinking about going to permission list. And that is in Texas. So it is. Yeah, in Austin, very close to us. Just we're, we're about 45 minutes west of Austin. So yeah, if you're, you're at permission list, definitely uh, reach out and we'd love to get you out to neighborhood zero. Oh, I can see neighbor. Okay, that's another that's another reason now I want to go. I, I was on the fence about it, but if I get to go to neighborhood zero, um, yeah, I, I might want to do this. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Okay, so it looks like we made it through all of our questions. Um, the last thing I'll leave our listeners off with today is um, how can they get involved with Cabin? Uh, I mean, I know we covered a lot of this, but what's like a direct, is there a direct call to action or, or something that they can do to get involved with you or connect with the team? Yeah, definitely. So if you go to cabin.city, you can apply to join a cabin week. Uh, you can connect one-on-one -on -one with a team member uh, by booking a call. Um, you can hop into our Discord and, and say hi. Um, you can create a profile um, in our census. Um, but ultimately, you know, while cabin exists uh online, we really get together IRL and that's where the magic happens. So if you're ready to take the leap and, and learn more, um, you know, would definitely recommend joining a cabin week or coming out for one of our long-term co-living experiences. Um, you can also find out more information about us on Twitter at cabin.city. Awesome. And, and for those listening, don't worry. I will provide these links in the description. Um, John, you have just been such a gracious guest today. Thank you for answering all these questions and for just building something so positive that's good for people, good for the planet, and really prioritizes community growth. So thank you so much for joining today. And yeah, for those listening, thanks for tuning into Crypto Sapiens. Thanks so much, Rachel. Okay, friends. So before we end today's episode, I just want to take a moment to thank projects like Banklistow and projects like Opolis for making season eight of Crypto Sapiens possible. So I just want to draw your attention to the links in our description. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see the links there. Or if you're listening to our podcast, you'll also see the links in the description. The first is going to be Bankless.community. And for those watching the video, I'll go ahead and share my screen. So you'll see here Bankless DAO's website. You'll also be able to learn more about how to join Bankless DAO, the different guilds, and different projects that we're working on at Bankless DAO. And there really is something for everyone here. I think it's an amazing starting point for those looking to get involved in Web3. If you're listening to this and want to learn more about how to get involved, Bankless DAO is an excellent starting point. There's guilds for just about any interest here, so I highly recommend going to bankless.community, joining the Discord, and saying hi and making some friends. To stay up to date on all things Crypto Sapiens, go to CryptoSapiens.xyz. Here, you'll see all of our podcast episodes uploaded with a brief description of what they are, and you can also download them from here. Now, last but not least, a lot of you know me actually from my work at Opolis. So Opolis, if you don't know, is a digital employment cooperative. We do things like offer employer services to those working in the Web3 space, working on DAOs, or running their own independent business. So we help issue W2s pay stubs, and get you things like national healthcare coverage. So if this is something you're interested in, click the link in the description. All proceeds for referrals go towards supporting Crypto Sapiens. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode of Crypto Sapiens. As always, stay tuned for next time, and thank you again for joining.